Hello and welcome to a special transfer deadline day recap edition of the Not The Top 20 podcast where I, Ali Maxwell, and the man to my right, George Ellick, look at all things EFL and today we're looking at one specific day and all that happened on it. Uh, It's going to be hectic, it's going to be swift, it might get a little ragged at times but bear with us, this is our second podcast in three days, we're thrilled to be able to do that for you and we hope that you enjoy it. We're going to start straight at the top of the championship. I'm afraid if your club did no business on deadline day then you will not be even thought of uh, in this podcast, barely referenced if at all. Um, We're going to start at the top because Wolves did make a deal right at the end of the day. They shocked their fans who thought it was all over, thought that Leo Bonatini was going to be the, the recognised front man. Alas, Benekafobe. He's got previous with Wolves. They love him from a previous spell. What do you expect from him now? What's he like in, in 27-18? Is he going to fire them to a to a record points tally? It's impossible to know. It's, it's, it's an odd one. Um, there were rumours early in the window about Robbie Keane returning to Wolves, which seemed stranger maybe for whatever reason, mm. just the, the powers that be decided they needed to have someone back who, who'd done the business for them before, maybe to reconnect um, some fans who, who are somewhat disheartened by what's happening there for whatever reason to what's going on. It, it seems a bizarre one. I doubt he'll play much. Um, he's obviously a good striker at that level when he's fully fit, but considering the options they've got, um, yeah, this is a bit of a surprise. It won't make much difference. They'll win the league anyway with or without him. Um, I can't see him dislodging Bonatini particularly so for that but it's good backup and he's scored goals there before so why not well why not indeed not much to lose and as you say a bit of uh, fan love towards a phobe so uh, incredibly good vibes all round at Wolves at the moment they're very confident of taking top spot at second spot there's a couple of teams whose transfer business has made their fans more confident uh, starting with Derby they've added Casey Palmer Chelsea Loney uh, who starred uh, for Huddersfield last season struggled a little bit with injury so far in this campaign but a classy player and George perhaps in a more advanced role through the middle they probably needed something um, you know with Johnson and, and Huddleston playing behind Casey Palmer gives them a bit more of a uh, an advanced playmaker perhaps yeah and I think there's something to be said as well about about what he did last season um, I think that having that obviously not an experienced player but having someone in your ranks who's, who's tasted that sweet sweet promotion um, even though it hasn't gone to plan this season he obviously we know he can do it. He can perform at that level. Um, doesn't seem too much downside to it whatsoever. So a shrewd, shrewd loan. Yeah, Cameron Jerome had joined earlier in the window. They lost Johnny Russell, who went to MLS. Uh, yeah. in a fairly surprising move. But best of luck to, to Russell. He's been a, a real championship stalwart over the last, uh, well, many years. And, of course, they lost Chris Martin as well. More on that later. Aston Villa, definitely challengers for the second automatic promotion spot. And in Lewis Graben, George, have they got someone who takes them from possible second-place candidates to maybe the favourites. Yeah, he's another one who, who we know is effective at this level. He, he doesn't seem to be, be able to make those step up particularly well, um, but I think they need reinforcements in that area, and there's a lot to like about it. It's, it's pretty risk-free. Um, they've got strikers there if they need them, and it doesn't work out, so... No reason to be Dan Hart about that at all. He'll, I feel a bit bad for, right. for Hogan, who's been in, re- in good form recently. If he gets usurped straight away, then I think he can. Yeah, you know, he'd be fair to to be a little bit hard done by. But Graben, in what we now know, is just a sensationally poor Sunderland team. Was you know was doing very well uh, in his spell there, and and fair play to him for for trying to for trying to change his situation and and doing so and getting a move to villa where he could well taste automatic promotion yeah. i would say that although the next team is cardiff we i'm just going to quickly touch on fulham because just based on twitter reaction that feels like the team to me 
whose fans feel most confident of, a, of an automatic promotion, al- along with, I should say, Derby and Villa. Um, that's because Fulham added uh, Mitrovic on loan late last night, a fairly surprised signing of Cyrus Christie. Um, a lot of his, a lot of former fans of Christie, Borough fans and, and others, they're not really sure about, that, you know, they, they tend not to like him, but from what I've seen, he's a... Uh, a pretty exciting attacking Weird. I've always found that as well. Yeah. I don't really understand why. I, I mean, mean it's a, more of him than us. But. It's also a bit odd because they, they do have Ryan Fredericks and they kept hold of Ryan Fredericks, who, who's a great player for them. Uh, they also kept Kearney and Sessegnon, which was key for them, and, and got Matt Target in um, beforehand, who can play left back, push Sessegnon further forward. So, again, George, just with Mitrovic and Christie, neither of whom we sort of saw coming, um, what have Fulham done for their chances? Well, I don't think anyone saw Mitrovic coming. Um, he was in Anderlecht, wasn't mm. he? When, when, I don't know if Anderlecht's place in Brussels. Um, at, at 8.30 last night and has popped up at Fulham uh, it, well, he's certainly a striker <laughs> I think we've always said that they lack strikers who are out and out strikers I don't know I'm not a huge fan of his he's obviously precociously talented um, and he gives them a different option up top but, but it, it, it's a bizarre one that um, I agree with you I think Christie looks like an interesting sign he gives them more options um, as we've seen with Sessegnon I think the, the full backs they've got a, a fairly flexible in terms of where they can play on the pitch and having Christian gives them that kind of option as well to have two attacking fullbacks maybe one of them him or Fredericks could play further forward if need be as well Cardiff had a really interesting day because the signing of Gary Medine for £6 million definitely raised a lot of eyebrows you and I both got a few different messages from, from friends of ours possibly those who some who follow the EFL very closely and some who don't, but most of them expressing surprise at this deal. But I think you and I are slightly less I l- surprised. I lap him up. I think he's great. Um, you always have to be I always fair. have. I, he just wins everything. And, you know, if you're going to play a certain way, and Cardiff definitely do that. Um, I just, I think, if you speak to championship centre-backs, I'm pretty sure that Medina will be pretty high on the list of people that don't like facing. Um, six million quid's a fair bit of money, um, but... When you're, when you're pushing up for a promotion to the Premier League and this could be the signing that, that gets you there, it, it suddenly turns into pittance. So I'm excited about this. I, I think that he's someone who playing in a good team and, and given good service and not having to lead a pretty ragged line on his own um, could, could be really, really impressive. Yeah, possibly worrying times for Bolton. I tweeted out off the NTT20 pod account yesterday that in Bolton's six league wins this season, Medina had scored in five of them, six in total in those five games that he scored in, with a few assists as well. He really was so key to their attack, and, and we'll find out a bit later how they decided to try and replace him at very short notice. But uh, Cardiff also signed Armand Traore, the left-back from Nottingham Forest, formerly of Arsenal, of course. Um, a bit hot and cold, Traore doesn't go with great references, I don't think, from the Forest fans. Um, and in a, in a bit of an odd swap move, but maybe just a Neil Warnock-favoured profile type thing, uh, Lee Tomlin was shipped off to Forest on loan. They got Jamie Ward in in return. So uh, Bogle also off on loan to Peterborough. And I think for Cardiff fans, some of those departures on loan were worrying. Uh, I saw some people say, you know, that... that that gives away our last creative midfield player or rather attacking midfield player. And sometimes you do need maybe something a bit different and that is perhaps what Tomlin can offer. But his fitness has been a problem all season and in Jamie Ward they get another hard-working winger. So that, that may be what, what Warnock was after. Um, are, we, are, we, are we surprised that Bogle's not very good? Um, mm, I'm not surprised <laughs> that he's not playing and scoring for a team in the top six of the championship, but, is, no. is it, I mean, I've, but I've, I expect I've, him to do well in League One. For I, don't, I, I don't think he will. I've, I've been reading reports, say, of Peterborough fans saying outside they are, and, the, and, and kind of Oxford fans saying, you know, shows ambition and the like. I, I think that he's been found out, really. I think he had one very good year at Grimsby and, and at both Wigan and, uh, and Cardiff. He just hasn't really made the grade. 
Interesting. Well, we'll see. yeah, we, we certainly will. Um, in the sort of uh, tier down from those very confident about auto, to automatic promotion, we get some teams who are still in with a shout, certainly of a bit of automatic action, if they can put something together. Uh, have Borough done enough for you to, to convince you that they could be um, getting better and better? They've added Mo Besic on loan from Everton, Martin Craney, a defender from Huddersfield, and obviously Jack Harrison. Uh, on, on loan from Man City the day before. They lost Martin Braithwaite, who they paid so much for in the summer. He's gone back, well, he's gone back to France, to Bordeaux, and obviously Cyrus Christie to Fulham. It doesn't necessarily look on paper like they've got stronger in terms of talented personnel, but possibly in terms of Pulis's well, idea I, of, of, of effective personnel. I mean, if you'd have told me a week ago that Harrison was going to end up in the Championship, I'd have been delighted because it's, it's, he's an interesting guy. Um, you know, possible future England international. He's only obviously hasn't played over here yet, but him going to Pulis's borough just seems like a bit of a shame, to be honest. Um, and they've got Marvin Johnson on their books, who Pulis obviously doesn't fancy whatsoever. They've been playing Braithwaite and, and Bamford on the left, showing that kind of stubbornness of not really liking wingers. We saw what happened with Alex Pritchard when he went to West Brom under under Pulis and didn't play. So I really, really hope that Harrison is given a chance because, and you'd expect City to to probably put some kind of a clause in that deal mm. to say that he has to play a certain amount. But um, uh, normally I'd be be excited for any any club signing signing Harrison, but I, I'm concerned here that that it may not go to plan. I'd love to find. I'd love. I'd love an over and under on Mo Besic bookings between now and the end of the season. Um, Preston sold Jordan Hugo, George, to West Ham, uh, undisclosed fee. We reckon about nine million pounds, probably with a sell-on clause. That's an awful lot of money, and and uh, a team in Preston who who probably do quite a lot with it. Um, to an extent, they possibly uh, preempted this with the signing of Louis Malt or Lewis Malt. Uh, we haven't seen too much from him in terms of goal scoring yet, but arguably Hugo was never entirely prolific for them anyway. So my question to you, George, is how many Premier League goals will Jordan Hugo score before we next see him play in the Championship? <laughs> That's what I'm asking you. I'm going with three. three. <laughs> so my idea is that he will score three goals between now, maybe two until the I end think, of the well, season. I think that's ambitious. Maybe one at the start of next season before being frozen out completely and rejoining the championship on loan next January. That's how I see this working out, and maybe it's in, and maybe it's incredibly negative of me, but that that's that's how I feel. I, mean, I don't know be, about you. Well, I just feel like he's not going to really get the time afforded to him to to make much of an impact. You wouldn't have thought he's going to get the, you know, the four or five or six games before he. Um, you know, he can get settled. We saw it happen about a million times with Patrick Bamford. I think it might be a similar story where he's just not really allowed to settle. Yeah, aside from my reservations about his technical ability in a incredibly well in a, in a league that is a step up in that sense, um, but also just generally the slapdash approach and inconsistency of West Ham uh, in general as a club in their recruitment in their communications with the fans in pretty much anything. So, um, how much how much of an issue is this for Preston getting back on on uh, on track? Um, and their potential playoff run I don't think they're, they're that far off track no 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 but I'm saying could, you know, could this be a massive blow to them or, or yeah, yeah, like, I think how, it will be how I, big I, of a difference yeah. does Hugo make I think, I think a fair bit and, and obviously the fact that he's gone later on in the window um, prevented them from really reinvesting that money um, I know they were obviously very much after Ryan Ledson who they, who they didn't get I think there were a few other targets they probably wanted to bring in and they couldn't um, but having said that they're in a nice position now that have taken this in January um, where they are looking up they've got a, certainly got a playoff squeak um, no danger below them playing decent football um, whilst Hugo is um, 
it's been a good player for them for the last couple of years. I remember you and I talking last January about rumours about him leaving and, and us both saying that he wasn't really even worth a step up in the championship. So um, could he just be, his, his, could his success be born in just a good system from Alex Neal? Could he be profiting off the good work of others? Very possibly, and in which case we'll probably see um, Molt or, or maybe Bowden profit from that as well. At least we're consistent with our opinions. Mostly, I'd say. Um, yeah, yeah, just the last one on that, whether Preston make the playoffs or not. I mean, at the end of the day, they're a team who are improving year on year and who have a very good recent track record with recruitment and £9 million in the kitty, um, we, we can sort of hope and probably assume that some of that will, will be well well reinvested. A bit of an odd one this, George. Tyler Roberts for Leeds, 2.5 million quid, the, the young striker from West Brom. Uh, he pitched up at Oxford for a little while. What, uh, what do we know about him? Why are Leeds spending £2.5 million on him? He came with a big reputation um, and... It was his first loan move. He was only 17 when he came to Oxford and he left in January without anyone caring uh, whatsoever. And then went to, Chef, uh, went to Shrewsbury and did, did well and then went to Warsaw beginning of the season and in a very poor team, I think, acquitted himself nicely. Um, he's certainly someone who's probably got a future, um, but from what I've read, his contract was out in the summer and therefore that fee seems just ridiculous to me um, that they brought him for that, that amount of money. They must have envisaged a, a huge queue of Premier League clubs um, queuing in the summer for his signature if they're willing to part with that amount of money. I, I, I can't see him being in any way ready to, um, to make the step up for Leeds at the moment. Like Him and Kamal Roof are just on different planets in terms of current footballing ability. And if he's coming, off the, coming on in the 90th minute, as he did on uh, midweek, then I, I don't see where Roberts fits in. I think he'll be farmed out on loan probably fairly, fairly shortly next year. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Obviously, Roof, a, a former baggy as well. So they're sort of uh, teaming up at, at Leeds and we'll see how that goes. A couple of wingers who switched. Uh, Mustafa Karayol has gone to Ipswich to help out the Mick McCarthy revolution there and uh, Ben Marshall. Um, odd signing that was for Wolves last about a year ago um, for a couple of mil, a handful of million. Um, and he's off to Millwall now, I think, on loan. So um, gives them another option. Millwall done a nice bit of business, I think, generally in the, in the transfer window, adding a, another option or two and keeping the, the majority of their important players. I, I guess, really... The, the busiest team was Nottingham Forest. So, George, they signed Adlen Guediora and Ashkan De Jaga on a free. Uh, they signed Tobias Figueredo. We touched on him on Tuesday, the centre-back. Joe Lolly came in from Huddersfield on a permanent deal. And Jack Colback, Costel Pantilimon and Lee Tomlin, as mentioned, have all come in on loan. So it was an astonishing last few hours of the window for Nottingham Forest. Uh, the fans seem pretty happy with the reinforcements. How do you sort of analyse... Those signings, you know, I took Karanka not long in a job and, and making what are pretty big. I think they're good. Yeah, I think they're good. Basically, I, I think that um, the players they may be replacing could be an issue. Um, you had Guediora, who was obviously at the club about five years ago and made his made his kind of name there before going to to Watford. So he's a player they know well. Um, there's no doubting Lee Tomlin's quality. I think Joe Lolly's a really exciting player who Huddersfield could regret letting go if they're back in the Championship next season. Um, Jack Colback, you know, you know exactly when you get with him. He's a probably an eight out of ten Championship midfielder, or at least was. Um, uh, who you know his form four years ago got him in the England squad. I, I personally think that they're all solid additions, and I think that obviously there's a lot of a lot of talent at Forest, um, very young talent, and I think these are kind of your your more established pros who are probably going to coax out the best in them and just add a bit of steel to the to the to the Forest team. Yeah, I'm I'm not that I have any say in this or any stake in Forest, but I'm a a bit disappointed. Just 
you know, they're all a certain age, but well, apart from Lolly um, and Figueredo's a little bit younger as well. But generally, these are 28 to 32 year olds, um, either on a free or on loan. I'm not sure any of them improve the side notably. I'm like Colback, fine. I'm not sure he's that much better than, say, David Vaughan or Ben Osborne. Um, and if the likes of Ben Osborne and, and Matty Cash and Ben Brereton are going to lose minutes because of this, I think that's a, a big shame and could be a problem. Um, Forest are not going to be relegated and they're not going to trouble the scorers in terms of the playoffs and so um, it, it just strikes me as odd especially the loans because those guys are going to go back to their clubs at the end of the season that Forest aren't getting anything out of them other than four months of, of league play uh, and I, I think that's a bit of a shame really um, it remains to be seen how many of them go straight into the team but I'm not that excited I, I must say about about most of those um, Reading have brought in Chris Martin on loan. We spoke on Tuesday that they were interested in Jordan Hugel for, for all of eight mil. So getting Chris Martin in on loan, probably quite a good shout, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, I'd say so. Big win for them, obviously, midweek, and they, they need some firepower to, to send them up. So. Yeah, a bit, bit of it. We've been talking a lot about how they've missed the presence that Kermorgant gave them last season, although he, he is there, but just not been able to replicate it, really. Yeah. Um, Martin at least gives them uh, a, ch- a chunky presence, and um, and he's... Chunky. A, he's, a, he's a good ball player <laughs> as well, like Kermorgant, probably not as good in the air, but um, gives them uh, substance, literally up front. So, so that's good. Uh, and Barnsley had a busy day as well. Um, they sold... Angus McDonald to Hull a uh, bit of an odd one this he fell out of favour really quickly yeah um, he, he was captain at the start of the season when Mark Roberts left uh, he was captain and, and starting at centre back and I think from what I've seen from Heckenbottom it was a case of not being able to get fit um, and they decided they needed someone who was fit Matt Mills became available on a free so they've snapped him up and they've let McDonald go to Hull I don't know what the fee is but could be I suppose a, a million pounds or two. It's it's a bit of an odd one. I wonder whether, um, I wonder exactly how 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 well thought through that was. Anyway, they've they've got good options. Obviously, Liam Lindsay has has pushed McDonald out the team anyway, so uh, perhaps it's not a big deal. Christoph Knasmüller has come in, uh, the German, very much a goal scoring midfielder, got an incredible record this season, and goals from centre midfield is certainly something that would be very welcome in Barnsley uh, based on the first half of the season. And Oliver McBurney on loan, uh, who, who who we've seen sort of galloping around in, in, in the white of Swansea with his socks rolled down a bit at the start of the season, and we've seen on loan a couple of times in the EFL so far this season. Um, Angus McDonald, as I said, he went to Hull. They also brought in Harry Wilson on loan from Liverpool. Um, I would argue that there that there are other loans from Premier League clubs. Uh, the Chelsea boys, Tomori, uh, Aina and Hector, have not gone very well. And to an extent, uh, Kevin Stewart, who they bought from Liverpool, and uh, not gone down that well either. So um, good luck to Harry Wilson. I'm not saying he's not going to do well. Uh, but Hull need uh, need a lot more than, than someone who's going to take some time to bed in. So George Bolton, uh, we've talked about how pivotal Gary Medine is or was to them and their whole attacking style of play. So how is Zach Clough and Tyler Walker on loan uh, as a replacement for him last minute? And of course, uh, Flanagan from Liverpool, been in the news for the wrong reasons recently. He joins on loan uh, and they get Rhys Burke back as well on loan from West Ham. I, I would... I would say, and it's not their fault, and £6 million was clearly too much to turn down, that this is this was a, a, a tough day for them. Yeah, I think frustration for, for Mr Phil Parkinson must have been pretty tough to take. Um, where do they go from here? I mean, getting Clough in, um, I think, is good business, uh, just in terms of giving the place a bit of a boost. Obviously, a guy who, you know, he's one of their own, he's, he's done it for them before, and... Uh, and 
but the big issue obviously is their style of play and I just I don't know how they're going to replicate it um, tomorrow night they're obviously they're playing Bristol City at home Bristol City at 11 or 10 um, I've, I've, I've invested myself because I, I just fear that a Medinless Bolton is, is, is a kind of a, a, a rudderless Bolton in a way in terms of just not really being able to to play it up to their big man and make it stick so um, it's going to be tough for them I think and, and, and I think they're going to be uh, going to be facing the drop again I'd have thought Well Sunderland's display at St Andrews in their 3-1 loss to Birmingham the other night certainly didn't uh, didn't give us any notion or suggestion that they're looking like a team that's going to uh, cl- get clear of relegation. That they're, they're trying uh, with the signings of Lee Camp to play in goal, uh, Ashley Fletcher on loan from Middlesbrough, and a bloke whose name I can't really pronounce from Liverpool. Ajaria. I'm going to go with Ajaria, yeah. who you've seen a little bit of. Yeah, and it's class. Mm. That's exciting. Yeah, looks really, really good. I mean, I, I, again, if I was in charge of, of Liverpool loans, I, I wouldn't have sent him to Sunderland, but he. He's a very tall, leggy, um, elegant midfielder. Um, A bit of the Pogba's about him in terms of his style of play. Um, And someone who I think Liverpool fans, at least you know, six to to eight months ago, were pretty confident that he'd be making the step up in the next season or two. So just hope Sunderland don't break him, really. Davenport on loan from Man City. That was Burton's bit of business from transfer deadline day. I know very little about him. Quite a few Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea young players now applying their trade in the Championship. So we'll, we'll try and keep track of them and see which ones might be destined for for big things. Um, down in League One now, just going to rattle through a couple of the major ones. Um, I'm, I hope you guys can understand that due to time constraints and sheer mass of free transfers and loan deals. We're not going to be able to do the same for Leagues 1 and 2, but um, there were a couple of big moves. George Devante Cole off to Wigan. Uh, we see this a bit from teams, and we'll touch on Luton later, uh, teams at the top who, who just sort of, I mean, it seems greedy, but in reality, it's just sort of uh, doubling down on an investment, I suppose. These are teams who are looking very good at being promoted and just trying to make sure. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard a sneaky, sneaky rumour that Devante Cole was expected to turn up at two other League One clubs yesterday, similarly to last deadline day, and ended up at Wigan. Interesting. Um, one of them, I'm, I'm not too fussed. That if one of them was Oxford, I'm not, I'm not particularly bothered. Um, interesting seeing just how happy Fleetwood fans seem to be yesterday about, about getting him off their books. Um, he's obviously very talented, but I think maybe he, he, he for what he has in talent, he maybe lacks in uh, effort. Um, and it just seems if you're Devante Cole and you're joining Wigan, who have already um, who didn't take long to get rid of their their big money kind of risk by last January, who we discussed in, in Bogle, uh, they've already got Will Grigg, um, they've already got James Vaughan, who they spent more money on in January. Mm. You know, you're, you're either really backing yourself or, or you're going for another reason. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting how that one works out. I, I can't imagine he's going to play much, and I, and I don't think he'll be at Wigan for very long. So Bogle, you touched on earlier, you're not hugely keen on. He, he turns up at Peterborough on loan and, and you know, he scored a lot of goals for Grimsby in League Two, but not very many in his spell with Wigan in League One. So still got to prove himself at that level before we can start thinking about the championship level, really. Um, Rochdale needed something. They brought in Stephen Humphreys on loan from Fulham. He's a, an interesting player, Humphreys. He's very popular with the Fulham fans, um, mainly due to his social media persona, as far as I can tell, but also an excellent goal-scoring record in, in the under-23s in PL2. 
Um, he has been on a couple of loans and not quite been able to replicate it at, uh, at EFL level, but maybe this could be the time back from injury. Definitely got something to prove, Humphrey. So now's the time to do it with Rochdale. Uh, Oxford signed Todd Kane and didn't sell anyone. So all in all, a, a good day? Yeah. You were expecting three. And I think you got one. Well, I think I think the I think the club were maybe expecting three. Um, no, I'm not claiming to have any inside info here, but I think that um, uh, from what the from what the press and what what Derek Fazakli said um, in the press today, I think there were a couple of things that slipped through, and then they decided that actually if they weren't going to get the targets, they weren't going to um, kind of go for second or third best, especially with the likes of Eastwood, Ledson, and and, uh, and Rothwell staying. Uh, Kane is is it's literally the perfect signing for us in terms of someone who can play right back left boy back. did you need a right back uh, yes Dwight Tindali can uh, can just have a nice six months now left <laughs> on his contract and then go home please um, and uh, no, I think we, we, the, the two acquisitions him and, um, and Smith Brown are, are sharp because they can both play on either flank in terms of forward positions and apparently they can both play holding midfield so having two guys who aren't that young you know Todd Kane is now 24 Smith Brown's 22 so it's not like they're two um, teenagers who can play in a plug a few holes um, Kane's got over 100 professional appearances under his belt Smith Brown 40 odd so I think that um, given the small financial outlay that you'd assume um, have been put down and given the technical ability that I'm sure they both got um, whilst we definitely could have done with probably a winger and an attacking midfielder and possibly even a striker um, I think these two positions were, were the important ones and they've been, they've been plugged. So next up, a manager. You said on Tuesday that the appointment of the next manager uh, is more important than any signing that you could have made in the last few days. So over to you, Oxford. Uh, you need to please George and you need to... Uh, Not to- Paul Ince. Not Paul Ince is the headline there. Um, we, we mentioned that Oldham um, did get uh, some people in in the last few days, but what they really wanted was Owen Doyle back on loan, and they got him. Uh, so congratulations to Oldham Doyle. Sensational in uh, in the first half of the season. Um, and hopefully for them, we'll be able to fire them out of um, what's become another relegation scrap just after we thought that they were out of it and after I tipped them to finish in the top half at 6-1 to one, uh, they went on a bit of a a bit of a, a bad spell Shrewsbury George you definitely couldn't accuse them of uh, bottling it in the transfer window they're in a good position a position that no one thought they would still be in at this stage um, they went back above Blackburn last weekend. They're, they're in the automatic places. And yesterday they signed Sam Jones from Grimsby. Uh, he played, obviously, under Hurst at Grimsby before. He's a sort of um, do-it-all winger, midfielder, I'd say, forward man, um, decent attacking player. And they rescued Nathan Thomas. I put out a, a sort of SOS for Nathan Thomas the other week, uh, stuck at Sheffield United with no game time after after starring for Hartlepool um, for a year and a half. And, uh, and he's turned up at Shrewsbury, a nice option out wide for them and then most intriguingly I think Abo Issa brother of Mo Issa mm. um, he comes from Wealdstone and in doing so leapfrogs his brother in the in the EFL pyramid although possibly not for very long because Issa of Cheltenham has a, a very very impressive goal scoring record and to be fair our good friend Jonathan Fadugba at JF Football he is about as good a judge of a player as anyone we know that listens to this podcast and he messaged us straight away to say get excited about this one boys so Shrewsbury Abo Issa uh, he scored an incredible goal you've probably already seen last weekend for Wealdstone we tweeted it out so go to at NTT20 pod to find that um, but 
Shrewsbury signing reinforcements, really going for this. And what an amazing thing it would be if some of those guys could help them stay above Blackburn ultimately and, and get into the championship or help them uh, in what will be a very tough playoff battle if they get into it. Down in League Two, same as Wigan really, although actually probably more um, more intense. Luton already running away with it at the top of League Two, leaving about 10 teams below them, you know, fighting for two automatic places. Um, they're leaving nothing to chance or getting ready for League One, depending on how you look at things. Maybe a bit of both. Uh, Jake Jervis for 125k. A uh, bit of an odd one for me, that, given that they already have um, Collins, uh, Hilton, uh, the Lee brothers who are good attacking players maybe not strikers but good attacking players uh, they didn't necessarily need Jake Jervis but they've got him so uh, would you be happy about that? It's just adding another string to their bow isn't it really? Just Quite a lot of money for League 2 125 Yeah, It's about no, it what is. they spent on Collins I It think. is but he's, he's fairly um, versatile playing across the front um, he's done well for them he's won promotion from the league before uh, again yeah I think it's a, a fair a fair signing. We don't know much about their finances to know if it's if it's going to break the bank or not. You'd assume not. Very true. I, I'm not particularly excited about that, and I don't mean to be rude, but I am more excited about the acquisition of Lloyd Jones for an undisclosed fee. Uh, he comes from Liverpool. Young defender, looks commanding, looks good on the ball. Everything you'd expect from uh, a sort of um, Premier League academy defender. Will he be able to cut it down in League Two? That remains to be seen. But seeing some of Luton's defending in their loss to Wickham in midweek. I, I think that without Cuthbert at the back, they definitely need someone there and Jones can slot straight in and, and you know we might be looking in a few few years at a player who could be playing at a much higher level. So um, a, a nice pick up that f- for, for Luton and Flynn Downs as well. Um, I was watching highlights of him just the other day. I was trying to work out how good he was, a young Ipswich midfield player who's got some decent minutes this season under Mick McCarthy, but being sent down to play in, in a Luton side where... Uh, he might get more minutes. He might play in a slightly uh, better situation in terms of, uh, of um, dominating games, etc. And uh, looks to be an interesting young player. I think Colchester have done well as well. A busy day. They got Shodipo on loan from QPI. He's a winger who's played a little bit over the last few years. And I think I'm right in saying that QPR fans were, uh, if not now, but certainly at a time, quite excited about him coming through their academy. Um, Ben Stevenson is an interesting one as well. So, George, he scored a screamer, I believe, against Oxford last season for Coventry, Ben Stevenson. Yeah. Um, He moved to Wolves yesterday and was immediately loaned to Colchester. So a couple of things to unravel there. Wolves have decided that this guy has... Serious upside, serious potential long term. Um, and they've also decided, interestingly, that Colchester is the best place for a young player to, to go and play in League Two. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, uh, who knows who's in for them firstly. I think Colchester are having a bit of a struggle at the moment. So it's a massive boost to them for, to get someone in who can, who can provide that. Um, I'm surprised he maybe wasn't sent to League One. Mm. Um, I think that he would have had a fair few suitors there. Um, but certainly an interesting signing and, and a booth for, for Colchester, who I, I think are winless in, in six, are they? Yes, they, they, um, they really do. They're very streaky, yeah. uh, as far as I can tell, Colchester. They go through some peaks and troughs. Um, they brought in Liam Mandeville as well, a highly rated Doncaster forward who has struggled 
a little bit this season to get the minutes that he wanted. Um, but we have seen him score plenty in League Two before for Donny. So he goes to Colchester. They're really taking a playoff push very, very seriously and obviously managed to keep hold of Sammy Smodix as well. So could be one of many teams to look out for uh, in the second half of the season. Coventry, for their part, they might have lost Ben Stevenson and uh, only to see him rock up at a, a league rival mere minutes later. But they picked up Johnson Clark Harris from Rotherham now. Clark Harris has an absolute cannon of a left foot. Rotherham signed him from Coventry, where he'd come through the academy. Um, and he's been really unlucky with injuries previously or prior to his bad injuries. I always thought he was one of Rotherham's most dangerous attacking players. So to, to drop down to League Two, you would hope that'll help him to, to regather some form. And Coventry are in fairly decent form themselves. Mark McNulty is playing fantastically. And, um, you know, Biamu scored his first goal the other day and is always a handful so Clark Harris has got a bit of a job on his hands getting into the side but I think can offer something good to Coventry for the rest of the season and finally Ricky Miller joins Mansfield um, he does not go with rave reviews from Darren McAntony and Peterborough um, who seemed very frustrated at their inability to shift him from their wage bill what a terrible experiment that's been shock horror um, <laughs> he is not known for his um, uh, he's not known for an excellent temperament I think that's fair to say um, and he joins Steve Evans who in my head has a bit of a thing where, where he, he doesn't sort of believe in that he thinks he can turn anyone good and maybe he can well, he's, he's Ricky good. Miller joins a, a Mansfield team in, in the ascendancy I think if anyone can, can get him scoring it'll be, it'll be Steve Evans he's got a wonderful record with strikers um, again going back to the Oxford manager's job He's been mentioned by some people, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll be able to get him because I'm, I'm sure he's on a fair whack at Mansfield and, and very happy there. But it's amazing how many people seem to just say no as soon as he's mentioned. But you know, his record as manager is fantastic, and I, and I, I think a lot of people say no on on moral, moral grounds. grounds. Well, I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's more kind of personal grounds. Whereas that sort of ties into it. I yeah, think. I, I think what you know what happened at, at Boston or whatever is a long time ago. I don't think people necessarily think of that. It's just couple, a couple of other bits and bobs since then. Yeah, but, uh, but, yeah. but, but, but all I'm saying is that he's, he's got a reputation as, as being a manager who doesn't necessarily um, play the best football, but actually his teams score goals, win promotions. And I know this Mansfield team isn't necessarily there quite yet, but but I, I think he, he gets um, doesn't get enough credit as he maybe deserves. Now, guys, I'm afraid that's going to that's gonna have to be it. Of course, we missed um, a fair amount of, of, of deadline day deals, especially in League One and League Two, and genuinely do apologise for that. Um, we, we just wouldn't have had the time. We've both been working a lot over the last few days. So in order to, to properly research and, and, uh, and to get through it all, we'd have needed uh, a good two or three hours. We didn't have that, but I hope that you can appreciate that we've uh, put together a, a little deadline day primer for those of you who maybe missed some of the deals, maybe some of you who are wondering how we thought your, uh, your, your team or your rivals were getting on. Uh, it's a really exciting stage of the season now as we, as we turn, turn for home. Um, plenty of time left, plenty of games to go. But um, if we haven't touched on a transfer and you would like us to please please do tweet us at ntt20pod um, we're really really keen always to to keep up a dialogue and to give our opinions if we have them and we're not afraid to say when we don't know so tweet us um, ask us our opinions tell us your opinions that's what we're here for um, we hope that you've really enjoyed this if you have enjoyed it it would mean a lot to us if you could retweet us on twitter when we post the link to the podcast or recommend us organically if you will uh, with a link on Twitter, Facebook, 
uh, on the WhatsApp group, on a forum, whatever you can do, we're, we're always most grateful. So thank you very much for your support. We've been Not The Top 20 Pod, and make sure you're subscribed for more of this in the future.